listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, hey, it's the end of the year. Happy, happy end of the year, Mallory. We made it. Uh, and we're going through this year's Reading Glasses Challenge and announcing next year's challenge. Oh, my God. Very exciting. We think about this a lot. We think about y'all, and we're excited to tell you what we've come up with. Mm-hmm. But first, Bria, what are you reading? I... Okay, I, I was trying to decide what I should tell you I'm reading. Uh, I'm going to go with <laughs> one of the um, 2023 books that didn't quite make it onto um, uh, the list, but it was really good, uh, which, is, which is Remarkably Bright Creatures. It's on a lot of lists. Oh, the octopus book. I love this. Yes, it's by Shelby Van Pelt. It, it, it's a, if you're a person who likes multiple storylines, mm-hmm. um, it all takes place in the Pacific Northwest in an aquarium and around this little town in an aquarium. And it's also from the point of view, one of the characters is the octopus. And the octopus Which in the aquari- awesome. aquarium kind of knows about the people in the town and the things that are happening. And there's this woman who cleans the aquarium at night. And um, uh, it's kind of about her and this kind of guy who's like never got his shit together comes to this small town. Anyway, it is, um, it was so fantastic. I loved it. It was a really good read, a really great literary fiction. And if you like something that is from the POV of an octopus, hey, this is the book for you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you reading? I am listening to an audiobook. Uh, I am. I don't know why I'm still reading 2023 books. Yeah, yeah. We've already recorded our best of the year, yeah. but I'm still going. Uh, I am reading and listening to Nuts and Bolts, Six Small Inventions That Changed the World in a Big Way by Roma Agrawal, uh, who also reads the audiobook. And it's basically like a microfiction of the like tiny little tools that make the world go around. Oh, I love that. It's the history of the nail, the wheel, the spring, the magnet, like string, like and it's really, it it truly is a micro history because it's so small about these small little things, but just like (laughs) how they were invented, how they changed the world. Like it's really, really interesting if you like, if you like micro history, if you like a deep dive into something very, very specific, this is great and she is a great narrator. Um, So that's Nuts and Bolts by Roma Agrawal. And mine is Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Sarah wrote in to say, Hi, Brian Mallory. I was listening to your latest episode on how to get back a borrowed book. And I needed to write in because I've been plagued with guilt for years over being an accidental book thief. Mm. A gentle book thief, as we say. Yes, sorry. Ever since I had a loan book that I really wanted back stolen. I specifically wanted it back and she claimed she lost it. I had stopped lending books unless I'm okay with never getting them back. However, I have emblazoned on my conscience every book that I've ever borrowed and not returned. I feel so bad about about them that I have brought them with me through moves and one of them I was told wasn't from the person I tried to return it so I still have it in case the actual owner ever asked for it back. Wow. But the true theft that I feel worst about is a copy of Getting Started with Dwarf Fortress that my old roommate's girlfriend got him as a gift. I borrowed it when I was started playing the game and with his blessing... No, oh, it's like a game. It's like a book about a game. Yes, it's okay. a game book. With his blessing and with the full intention of giving it back, but when we were moving out, my husband thought it was mine and accidentally packed it up. We haven't seen this friend very often since, and in the first couple years after, I just kept forgetting to bring it or mention the book whenever I did see him. And now it's been over a decade, and the book is still on my shelf in case he ever asked for it back. I feel too awkward to send it back because he may not even miss it. If not, why bring up something long forgotten? But I also can't get rid of it because what if he does miss it? <laughs> ask, ask about it in the future, then I no longer have it. 
my plan is currently that maybe one day in the future he'll visit us, see it on the bookshelf, and then I can apologize profusely. We can laugh at the series of events. And of course, I will give it back to him. My other reason for writing in about this is to just say to the listener that wrote in about the books they wanted back, it never hurts to ask. There's always a small chance the person who borrowed your book is, like me, neurotically (laughs) hanging on to it in case you do someday ask for it back and may even feel relieved if you do. Sarah, I got to say... Physician, heal thyself. <laughs> you need to get you need to get rid of this book. It is taking up space both in your apartment and in your mind. In your brain. Just text this person and be like, hey, you want this book back? Because huh? if not, I'm gonna throw it in, I'm gonna put it in a free library, you know? Like make it seem like a funny thing, like, oh my god, it's been so long. Yeah. But Sarah, it is funny that people who are there's a lot of people who are like very intense about wanting their books back, but are also book thieves at the same yep, time. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Wow. We need to look into the psychology of that. Mm-hmm. Amy Roden said, Hello, Bria and Mallory. I stumbled upon Reading Glasses podcast a couple of weeks ago when I was in an audio book slump and decided to venture into podcasts for a bit on my long morning rides to work. I love listening to you guys and getting new recommendations on books, as well as realizing that my reader problems are not original at all, LOL. I work in healthcare and use reading as my escapism because the world can be sad and difficult, but reading always makes me feel hopeful for a better world. I love to hear the feedback and advice on different dilemmas and love the show on getting your borrowed books back. Uh, Same show that we just talked about. My best friend is of like 20-something years actually borrowed one of my books, and while I trust this friend with my life and my pets, I realized that the unreturned book is humorously one of our continued arguments. He lives two hours away, but we frequently visit each other as well as he helps babysit our dogs when we are out of town. But I still don't have the book back. It seems like it's been three years and I've uh, let it go. But it's always something that comes up in conversation. I'm definitely on team forgive but never forget. I'm saying I think if you feel some type of way about your books, you just can't let people borrow them. It's just too, it is a minefield. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of emotions. It's true. And Emmy's Wheelhouse, do you want to read it? It is fantastical world, world building, magic with rules, historical fiction slash historical retellings with magic, underdog story, low stakes, happily ever afters, strong female characters, platonic love, retellings of fairy tales, especially if they highlight feminism and anti-racism, realistic depictions of mental health, ambiguous endings. Sounds like a glasser. Mm-hmm. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our news letter there's a link in the show notes big bookmark for me and bria mm-hmm. we're taking next week off yeah it is our first week off from the show in three years four years yeah we did one a while ago but we i, don't did, I think we've in the almost seven years we've done the show we did it once <laughs> the old reading glasses train has been chugging along infinitely for years now and we got our our shit together in time to put together a week off mm-hmm. so if you don't see any reading glasses in your feed next week that is why if you are a member, which you can become by going to MaximumFun.org slash join, you have a plethora of bonus episodes of Reading Glasses to keep you filled up with bookishness over the week that we are gone. There's tons and tons of bonus episodes in there. Other than that, I don't know what you got to do for the next week. <laughs> Look out the window, nap. Look at your shoes. Look at your shoes, pet your cat. But we are going to be probably reading, napping. Very happy to take a week off. And we really appreciate all of your patience and... um we're grateful for you to for your understanding. We really would love a week off. We're very excited about it. I will actually be reading during my week off. Oh, sure. Me too. Hell yeah. Lots of reading. So thank you for that. Um, before we talk about this year's reading challenge, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by Green Chef. Folks, it's the holidays. We're all eating a lot of stuff that's probably not 
incredibly good for us. But you can nourish your body all holiday long with flavorful meals made with clean ingredients. You can choose from 80 plus weekly options that change every week featuring delicious nutritionist approved recipes from Green Chef. But what is Green Chef? It's a CCOF certified meal kit company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. You could be keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, whatever diet you have that makes you nervous to ask for substitutions at a restaurant. You can eat well with Green Chef. They offer a range of recipes to suit your preferences, and they are now owned by HelloFresh, which means a wider array of meal plans to choose from. We love both brands. Again, folks, it's the holidays. We're all super busy. We're decorating. We're wrapping. We're shopping on top of all the other stuff we have to do. If you want to cut down on meal prep, Green Chef has got you covered. They've got pre-portioned and prepped ingredients, including pre-measured sauces, spices, and dressings, and they deliver right to your door. If you really want to have a nice meal, but you don't have time to go to the grocery store, you don't have time to open up a cookbook, Green Chef is here for you. You can go to greenchef.com slash 60 glasses and use code 60 glasses to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. So that's greenchef.com slash 60 glasses and code 60 glasses. Glasses. Cameron Esposito here, comedian and host of Query. Every week I get to interview someone amazing from the LGBTQIA plus community. Some queeros. I chat with them about their lives, loves, careers, and more. I've talked to, you know, giant celebs, Trixie Mattel, Lena Waithe, Tegan, and Sarah Quinn, but also astronauts, reverends, nurses. It's funny, it gets deep, and hopefully it makes you feel like you're part of something. Join me every Monday on Maximum Fun to listen to Query with Cameron Esposito. This week, it's finally time to say goodbye. 2023. Adios. Goodbye. We're going to go over this year's Reading Glasses, Glasses, Glasses Challenge and see what we liked best, how it improved our reading lives and what we would do again. All right, Bria, let us go through the list of the Reading Glasses Challenge for 2023 and see how we completed everything. First up, read a novella. Yeah, I started the year. Every I kind of have this new tradition where I read the new Shauna McGuire Wayward Children book at the beginning of the year because they come out in January. Great tradition. It usually makes it on my best of, too, somehow. Last last the whole year. Anyway, I read Lost and Found in the Moment by Sean McGuire. It's great. Good novella. Well-written. I love this series. This was easy for me because I love novellas. Yeah, I think this this part of the challenge was not a stretch for either of us because mm-hmm. we are very pro-novella. I read Isabel Yap's Never Have I Ever collection, which I believe has two to three novellas in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were fucking great. I really loved the whole collection. One of the novellas uh, is like a magical romance. And I have thought about it a bit. It's really Ooh. lovely. Again, this was not a big stretch for us to read a novella. So definitely going to keep that in the reading rotation. What was our next uh, book challenge item? Next one um, is give a book a second chance. Did you do this, Mallory? I did. I actually did it with a couple books, but the one that really blew me away was a book called Hole in the Middle by Kendra Fortmeyer, which I did talk about. I forget when. When I first bought it a few years ago, I picked it up and I just like wasn't in the right headspace for mm-hmm. it. And I picked it up again this year and I inhaled it. It was a five-star read for me. My, was It was between this and Long Division for my favorite non-2023 book. And it, it, 
it could have gone either way. I really loved it. And I think this part of the challenge is really important. And I'm glad we put it on there because it can, it helps teach us all that like, you can always try again with a book. Like dumping yeah. isn't forever. <laughs> so many people can be reluctant to dump a book because you would just assume that like, that's it. That's your one shot. Mm-hmm. But you, you can always pick it back up. What's the one? Oh, I remember what you did. Well, yeah, this. I actually had to look it up because I couldn't remember. I had to go look at our episode, but I did The Year of Magical Thinking by Joan Didion because, and when we recorded, I hadn't finished it. So I wasn't sure, but I had originally tried to read it a long time ago and I was like, this book is sad. I'm not going to read it. And then mm-hmm. this time I read it, I was in a good place for it and I really liked it. It's a great um, book. Which we, you know, I'm sure a lot of people did the challenge and they tried to read a book again. They're like, still hate it. And we just both happened to like the books that we gave a second chance to. And I mean, that that's all you had to do was try. You didn't have to finish it. You didn't even have to get halfway through it. Just mm-hmm. give it a shot. And maybe sometimes that second shot convinces you that the book is really not for you. Mm-hmm. But good to remind everyone. So the next thing on the books portion of the challenge was read a book with a disabled protagonist. Bria, what did you read? I read Gallant by V.E. Schwab, and I liked it. I liked doing this challenge because I had to do a little bit of seeking and it made me more aware. Like, why did I have to do seeking for something? Which is wild because disabled people make up a huge percentage of the population. And like, it made me really think about that and how, wow, we really are not putting, like making this a visible thing in Mm -hmm. our books. So yeah, I liked this. This is I thought this was a really good part of the challenge. Uh, Agreed. What about you? What did you read? I did True Biz by Sarah Novick and I loved it. It's again, same thing as you. It's something I'm going to, keep an eye out for in the future because I, I really enjoyed it so much. Like, honestly, both books with deaf protagonists, which is what is in True Biz, but also just books with disabled protagonists in general. We talked about it when we did our episode, which you can check out in our episode list. Uh, <laughs> but the literary world is is sorely lacking, especially the genre world. I think that's really the thing that I want to, like, I want to read more. Uh, I love Shield Maiden, uh, which we had the author on the show. Um, and I just want to see more, like, fantasy, sci-fi, like, genre, fantastical genre stuff with, with disabled protagonists. Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. Uh, what was our next item? Read a book about a book slash library slash bookstore, which we put on there because we thought the glassers would like it. And you all did. And you did. Uh, what did you read for this one? Uh, I did The Newtown Librarian by Kathy Anderson. And wow, I fucking love this book. Okay. I cannot recommend it enough. I mean, the, the tagline is, she's here, she's queer, she's the new librarian. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't need to know anything else. It's about this librarian kind of going through a midlife crisis and she accepts a job at this tiny little library in New Jersey in like the middle of nowhere. And it's all about her like trying to deal with a breakup and trying to deal with a weird relationship with the like the hot butcher lady in town and like just trying to get this library back like, you know, where it needs to be really get this library into the 21st century because it's very behind on. And there's like also a weird mystery going on. And you just love her and. Like the library is such a big part of it. And it was just, just absolute fucking blast. What right. did you read? Um, I read this one really early in the year. I did The Reading List by Sarah Nisha Adams, which um, I have since recommended many times because people are like, I like books and books are like, and I'm like, this is mm-hmm. a great one. I can't say this is in my wheelhouse, the books, libraries, bookstore uh, trope, which I feel like it's in a lot of glasser wheelhouses, yeah. but I do enjoy it as a theme and I could see it worming its way in there. Like it's definitely something that doesn't turn me off from a book. It's something oh. where I'm like, okay, that's what like, has me interested. It definitely piques my interest. I, I, I think I could, I don't know if I, it piques my interest enough as much as like a grieving family moving into a house. <laughs> but uh, I think it's like our, yeah. something that we both like. Yeah, for sure. What is the next one that we did? Uh, read the favorite book of someone close to you. Mm-hmm. And so what? What? what did, who did you pick and what book did you read? I did my husband and he 
doesn't have his favorite a favorite book, but I got all what I got out of him was a book that meant a lot to him. That Which was what I, I did. Counts. And I did the power of now. I listened to it. It took me so long to listen By to this Eckhart book. Tolle? Yeah, yeah. It took me I mean, I think, it, look, it's only been a year, but it, I think it took me decades to listen to this book. Um, um, but it was good because I got to talk to him about it. And that was kind of the goal is we wanted people to read something, someone they're close to, mm-hmm. th- th- that meant something to something they're, they're close to, and then getting to have a conversation with them about it. Yeah, and that, that was, was really we talked. Thing. It was great because I was listening to it and I'd be like, yeah, I just got to this part and he's talking about this. And like, we got to have like an interesting philosophical conversation about ideas that we thought were interesting in the book or worked or didn't work. And, and um, yeah, I think it was good. I think it, I liked doing this. Yes. What about you? I picked my boyfriend and I read a book that he, one of his favorites, one that he read a lot in college, it was The Book of Lost Things by John Connolly. And I agree, it was just like, that was really, besides the fact that you're like reading a book that you might have not picked up, uh, you know, I, I think as readers, we so often want to have literary conversations with people by making them read what we're reading. So it was really fun to turn it around and read something that someone close to you loves mm-hmm. and getting to have a conversation about that. Again, like so many of us are basically, I'm, I'm just a stack of book recommendations and a trench coat at this point. <laughs> so it's really easy to be like, oh my God, you love books. You've got to read this. And mm-hmm. like, you know, foisting those things on other people. And it's, I think it's really fun to come at it from a different angle and be like, oh, you love books. What do you love? Yeah, I what should read I read? Yeah, I think that's great. So that was the book portion of the challenge. But there is another portion of the challenge and we're going to go into it in a little bit. You can send your thoughts on the book portion of Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. And before we go through the activities part, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Soylent, which is the original food tech company that makes delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats. Folks, you know I love Soylent. I don't like cooking, don't have a lot of time to do it, but I need protein and I need nutrients so I don't wilt like an old flower. Soylent Complete Meal has got me covered. It's convenient, ready-to-drink shake, That also comes in a powder format, but I get the ready-to-drink shake. Provides 20 grams of plant-based protein, 39 essential nutrients, healthy fats, and 400 calories of slow-burning carbs in one delicious serving. I get the vanilla shake flavor. It's my favorite, but all of them are delicious. You can also get Soylent Square, these little 100-calorie squares that you can eat as a snack or between meals. Bria loves those. You can get complete energy drinks, complete protein drinks. They are fantastic. It's the quickest, easiest meal on the planet no cooking, no cleanup, which makes me so happy. It's complete balanced nutrition made from U.S. grown sustainable stores ingredients, making it good for you and good for the planet. It's perfect for breakfast, lunch, or any time you need a nutritious meal that is delicious. It is absolutely fantastic. I have one almost every day. If you want to try it yourself, go to Soylent.com slash glasses and use code glasses to get 20% off your first order. That's Soylent.com slash glasses and code glasses for 20% off your first order. Glasses. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by Warby Parker. Folks, you want to know what is on my face right now? It's Warby Parker. I have been wearing Warby Parker's for years. They are committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores. They offer eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, and contact lenses. Glasses start at $95, which includes prescription lenses, which if you've ever bought glasses before, you know is a great deal. And you can try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses to try at home for free for five days, no obligation to buy. They ship free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. Folks, is fantastic. 
I'm telling you, I have been wearing Warby Parkers for so long. They are so easy. The glasses are so cool, so stylish. They have so many different face widths, colors, types of frames, whether you like metal frames or plastic frames, big, small, really colorful or really minimalist. Warby Parker has got you covered. You just can't beat it. You can look at all the glasses online, pick out five pairs that you want to try on at home. And we all know how hard shopping for glasses in a store is. You never really get a sense. You know, when I try on glasses, I want to put my hair up. I want to put my hair down. I want to get really close to the mirror because I can't see without my prescriptions. I want to see what it looks like without makeup on, with makeup on. And you can't really do that in a store, but you can do it with Warby Parker's Home Try-On Program. The new year is coming. And if you're looking for a new look for 2024, check it out. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com slash glasses. Glasses. Last week, The Greatest Generation, the comedy podcast about old Star Trek TV shows like Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager, just had its 500th episode. And Greatest Trek, the podcast about the new Star Trek shows like Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks, and Discovery, just had its 250th episode. So whether you have a task that's roughly 750 hours long, or you want to learn about some of the production techniques that go into making one of the greatest franchises in television history, you should give us a try either way. The Greatest Generation and Greatest Trek, the best-reviewed, most-listened-to Star Trek podcasts in the world. They're on Maximum Fun. Okay, Bria, let's go through the second half of the challenge, which was activities. And the first one was track the countries where your books take place. How did you do this? I, well, first of all, I did do it and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I realized I'm very unaware of where books take place. Mm -hmm. Unless it's like LA, New York, or like a place like I currently Texas? am at. Maybe Texas because I grew up there. I just like, I don't even know where a lot of books take place. Like I'm like, oh, this is... Ohio? Okay. Like, I like don't have any sense of it. Mm -hmm. So what I started doing is I highlighted on my Kindle where they were taking place. If, if I was listening to it, I would write it down. Um, and then I just would, at the end of when I got to the end of the book, I'd go through my highlights and then I'd write them down on a little notes app. And then I got a map. And I so I fun. did this, the, someone suggested this, where you get a map where you um, scratch, off. scratch off the place. So, and I did it very specific, like the city and the area. And so it's like very... I have not covered very much. Like, you wow. would think, like, you know, I weirdly read a lot of books that took place in Canada this year. I don't know why. Oh, that's um, interesting. But Canada is massive. Big. And, like, so it's, Big like, I don't, and, like, I don't know how I'm ever going to get to, like, certain areas of, like, if, are there books that take place there. But it's really fun. And I will take a picture of this and put it on our Instagram because I think it was really interesting to see where all these books took place. And, like, how— my reading, I realized so many of the books I read are L.A. New York. And I don't mm -hmm. know—I didn't notice that until now. And that—it was interesting to have that awareness and to seek out other places. What about you? I did not do a fun, cute map. That's I okay. just made a list. Okay. Um, and this, it's, this was one of those things that, for me, was really interesting to look back on. But it was a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Because of that, I probably won't do it again because I already, like, keep a pretty detailed book journal. And I was like, oh, I have to do this other thing. Yeah. But it was very—like, the thing that I— it, it didn't. It wasn't a thing I liked doing. It was a thing I liked having done. Sure. Because like 
just looking back, I had the same experience as you. Is like I, there were things that I found out about my reading life that I didn't realize. Yes. Something that I really like is apparently I love books that take place in multiple countries. Oh, cool. Because I yeah, kept yeah. reading books that like took place in like three or four countries. And I'm like, do I like? And I realized and it made me start to think, well, what makes me like that in a book? And I, I think it's like a, I like a mystery, like mm. someone like traveling a bunch of places trying to find something or like I like that element of a book. And it's something I've literally never thought about my reading life. So I'm glad that we did it, but I probably won't keep doing it next year. Got it. What was our next one? It was attend a library event, either virtually or in person. Uh, how did you do this? I ended up doing a few of these. Some did, you virtu- count your own, did you count your own library events? I do. <laughs> but I did other ones that weren't. I actually There was a few virtual ones. There was a few in-person ones. I think this was one of the best things to put on the challenge because it showed people just how many cool things that libraries do mm-hmm. that people might not realize. Besides, like, getting the books, but there's, you know, the events that they have, like the clubs, the classes, the talks, the workshops, all of these free. It was really fun throughout the course of the year seeing Glassers talk about which events that they went to and just seeing them being like, I had no idea my library did this or, oh my God, Mm -hmm. I'm taking a free class on this. I had no idea that like my library did this. I thought this was awesome. And just like if libraries could have a wife guy, it would be us. <laughs> a what? A wife guy. What's a wife guy? A guy who's obsessed with his wife. Oh, 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 I see. A wife guy. I see. Okay. It would be us with libraries. Okay. And I, I just think it's very fun that even this far into the podcast, there's things that people that and you and I are learning about what libraries do. Yeah. Um, how did you do this? Um, I watched the James Spooner interview at the Los Angeles Public Library by Kathleen Hanna. Who has book. a book coming out soon. Uh, Kathleen Hanna? Yeah. Oh, that's uh, exciting. I don't know if I, I knew that. I think. I'll, I'll look it up. Um, I watched, um, because I'm a fan of Kathleen Hanna, honestly. Uh, but then I I bought the book and I became a James Spooner fan. So uh, th- I thought that was really helpful because I got to see, look, obviously Los Angeles Public Library has access to someone like Kathleen Hanna, which is very cool. But just getting to inter- be introduced to a new author through a, a, and I just watched it online. I watched it on Instagram. Oh, Kathleen Anna does have a book coming out in May of next year. Time to pre-order that thing, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, but I liked it. I thought it was good. I don't know. I mean, I follow Los Angeles Public Library, and I what I watched it like while I was like making dinner or something, and that's kind of like the most amazing is to be able oh, to like yeah. watch this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like we did a lot, maybe more during the pandemic. There was a lot yeah. of online events, but, but I, I've noticed that libraries are keeping that going, and I appreciate that. Yeah, that's nice. Because I'm not always about to go drive to the library, you know? Yeah, I just want, don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to put on pants. No, who does? Who does? Um, right, what's our, what was our next one? Figure out your doghouse. Okay. So, Bria, we did this on the show. We did. Did you learn anything about your reading life? Um, I mean, we did it. Mine felt so obvious mm-hmm. to me. And and also, it was a little bit, like, dependent on my mood. Like, it was yeah. like— at, this year, I'm like, ah, I don't want to read anything too complicated. No, no hard plots, you know? And it's always rotating, yeah. which is interesting because my wheelhouse feels, like, harder. Yeah, I 100% um, agree. So that was sort of the interesting thing about it to me where this is kind of, like, mood-based some, in some it's ways. It's more fluid, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you found as well? Well, I think that's why I like calling it a doghouse because, you know, it's like, oh, my husband's in the doghouse. <laughs> like, it's something that you can come back from. You can take something out of the doghouse. Sure, okay. For me, a doghouse— dog. Take the doghouse. <laughs> I don't know. For me, it feels like it doesn't feel like I never want to read this ever. I'm just like really not, like you said, not in the mood to read this right now. Mm -hmm. And I like thinking of that as a fluid thing because I think it's really good to think about stuff like that as fluid. You know, for me right now, sexual assault's been in there for a while. Snakes will probably always be in there. I can never see myself being like, woohoo, give me more snakes. More snakes by (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, thank you. Like, it's never going to be there. But something that I realized 
recently was this year is the cannibalism and meat thing. Yeah, that's funny. I didn't know. I didn't notice that until you just said it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I really don't like that. But, you know, it's just always good to know what you won't like. Yeah. And because it just everything. So much of what we do on the show is trying to teach ourselves and the glassers how to find more books that we'll like. And it's always good to be like to just take a moment and realize oh, this is why I don't like this. And me realizing that I don't like cannibalism or meat books, like there's been so many books that I've tried to like. Yeah. And I couldn't quite articulate why it wasn't doing it for me. It's like, oh, it's all about fucking meat. Yeah. Except for for Raw Dog. That gets its own. Yeah, there's its own category. It's its own category. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, What was the next one? Next one is uh, Try Background Reading Music, Ambient Sounds, Author's Book, Playlist, whatever you can find. Mallory, how'd you feel about this? (sighs) This was my favorite part (gasps) of the challenge. Really? I like the disabled protagonist part, but this is... this is my favorite because it changed my life. I'm keeping it forever. Oh my now God. I write and read to these goddamn Magical Woods videos. Oh my God. Every day. <laughs> I have so many. Shout out to Vault of Ambience on YouTube. I listen to these every day. I love writing to them. I love reading to them. I can't believe I didn't realize it until this year. And I'm going to just keep it. It was so much fun. There's so there's a bazillion of them for matching every genre of book that you can think of. And it's so, it's just so lovely. Okay. How did you do this? I, I did do it. I didn't love it. I'm not. I'm, I, I'm the only one that wants to live in the magical fairy forest. Too hard. Four. Is there music or is it just noises? You can have both. You can get okay. ambiance playlists, but you can get ambiance and music playlists. The music is what's hard for me. The ambiance is okay. Like, um, I think part of it is that I, it, I have trouble concentrating when something else is going on. But also, I, I spend a lot of time trying to figure out what to play. Like, I'm always like, well, what about this one? What about mm-hmm. this? Like, that was like the problem. The only exception is that I do love a fake crackling fireplace. And I love that around this time of year, like, it's easy to find. Oh, yeah. But, um, and it's, it gets darker earlier here, so it's kind of, like, nice to just mm-hmm. put it on on my TV oh, at yeah. night. It's so wonderful. I like the color. I like the crackle noise. But it's not music. But I guess that kind of does count. It it's background noise. Yeah. Right? And I the other day, I just was like, oh, I would love to have, like, a crackling fire, even though it's 80 degrees outside. But it's dark. And uh, and that was, that was nice. But I don't see myself continuing this one. Did I tell you... At some point during October, I was, Jeremy had gone, was out of the house for some reason. He came back and I was reading on the couch to like a nighttime autumn sounds YouTube playlist. And I, he, Jeremy was like, Mallory, we live in the middle of the <laughs> Like, just the autumn op- sounds are here. Just open the window. Yeah. Stick your fucking head out the window. And That's I was like, very- it's different. <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, it was very much a, we have autumn sounds at home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. The last part of the challenge was read an interview with an author that you love. Bria, how did you... Uh, complete this part. I read one with Trayvill Anderson before they were on the show and it was great. They're I learned so a lot about cool. about They're them. So great. Um I I feel like it was it was interesting to do. I don't often go do this, but it was something that made me think like, oh, I should go do this when I have like an interest. Oh, I also read um an interview with with the per- with the woman who wrote Jonathan Abernathy you are kind. Molly McGee? Yeah, because I was curious about where she got like some of these ideas because they were yeah. so out there. And I learned all about her. She left publishing in order to make this book. It was like a whole thing mm-hmm. and like so that was interesting too. Yeah. So I anytime I do, I feel like I learned something about these people, uh, these people, these authors, the people these that are people. the people in my head for been in my head for the last you know couple of weeks. So it was great. What did you do? Uh, I read a bunch of these, but Samantha Irby is always a particular favorite. Oh, She's sure, always yeah. just so fucking funny, and. I think I'm going to continue. This is one of the ones I'm going to continue because I really like finishing a book and then reading an interview with that author. Like mm. it's basically it's like it's for the people who liked watching the DVD extras, like people who like, yeah, like, yeah, you like what, finishing a movie and go and watching those behind person. the scenes. I'm I am. Not, I'm not. I love a Keep behind the scenes. 
And so I like reading an interview, especially if it's nonfiction, like mm-hmm. a little bit more about like, you know, how it was while they were making it, maybe what, what has happened since. So um, I really enjoyed this. Hmm. All right. We're ready to announce the next part of the challenge. Take a quick break. All right. How do you want to do this? Do you want to read books and I read activities? What do you want to yeah. do? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, because, okay, let's say this is your first time listening to Reading Glasses. It's a weird one to jump in there, but a fine. very weird fine, place to fine, jump in. Listen, but what we do is we divide our Reading Glasses challenge into books for you to read in the next year and then activities for you to do. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to help you with your reading. It's supposed to help you enjoy your reading more. We hope it does. That's the goal. Hopefully improve. Expand you. Expand your reading. Improve your reading life. That's everything that we do here on Reading Glasses. So we love doing these challenges. We really love seeing uh, what people are doing for them all year long. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're really excited. I am so excited about the 2024 challenge. I think we both were like, this is going to be fun. Okay. Yeah, it's true. All right. You want to do the books? All right. I'll do the books. So the five types of books that we want you to read this year. First one is a debut novel. I love this. Doesn't matter what year it came out in, but it has to be that author's debut novel. Great. Love that. The next one is a book from a non-binary author. And we will be doing episodes about all of these. So if you have further questions, wait for the episode. But um, the best way to do to find that out is to look at an author's social media, look at their their website and most authors now will talk about their their pronouns mm-hmm. and uh we Wiki- want to wikipedia also. wikipedia yeah mm-hmm. we want to just shine some light on authors that are not part of the gender binary third one is books set in a country you've never been to which will be fun mm-hmm. one is you have to read a buzzy book from 2024 we yes. all have to get this is on one of a- the most specific ones we've ever yes. done so we will see how this goes we know that a lot of you are library users so my advice to you is get on that Libby list now. Because <laughs> I, I can see a lot of people in December being like, oh, no, I'm still mm-hmm. waiting on the li- on this from the library. Get in early. Mm-hmm. But we really, you know, we talk a lot about buzzy books mm-hmm. and the pros of, of reading a buzzy book when it's buzzy, the cons of reading a buzzy book when it's buzzy. So we're all going to get on that train together. Mm-hmm. This is bandwagon time. Buzzy book from 2024. And the last one is a cozy book. Yeah. The new hot thing. Y'all love the cozy books. This is this is always, I feel like there's a gimme every time, and this mm-hmm. one feels like a gimme for a lot of people. Can be any subgenre. It can be a cozy mystery, which we talked about, but it can be a cozy romance. can be a cozy fantasy. Uh, the genre doesn't matter, uh, but it, it has to be cozy in tone. Mm-hmm. And if you're c- curious about that, we have done a book on cozy stuff. We will be doing another one specifically for a this. Book, a book on wow. cozy stuff. I love that anytime I say the wrong word on this show, it's always book. <laughs> I just supply book for everything. <laughs> but we've done an episode on cozy books and we will we will be doing another one for this part of the challenge. But any cozy book, doesn't matter, the genre. All right, Bria, what are the activities that we chose for the 2023 challenge? Some of these, a lot of challenge. these are, by the way, um, uh, things that we got from listeners who yep. wrote in and we were like, we love this idea. We're going to use this. Yep. Um, so activities. First one is going to feel like homework, but we think it's going to be really good. Well, we did this this year. And, and did we? we? Yeah. And okay. We lo- or last year. We did this recent, within the past yeah. year or two, and we had so much fun yeah. doing it. Yeah. Okay. Um, choose 10 books that represent the reader you are now. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that, what that means. But um, you can do, or you can jump right in if you know what that means. Yeah, um, the 10 books that if you had to, t- if you had to... Do a personality test and be like, show someone who you are as a person with use, using only books. Mm-hmm. This is what this is. Okay. Um, go browsing, book browsing, 
at the library. That's online or in person. You do not have to go into the library if you don't want to, um, or you can. Uh, but go book browsing, which is something that someone wrote in to us about. And we um, loved it. Yeah. Pick a book based on its cover. Which I think so, is so fun. I'm and sure And you can every... combine some of these. Like if it's a buzzy book that's based on its cover, you know, like you can yes. combine them. Feel free to do a two for one. These graphic book, book designers all over the world are mm-hmm. thrilled at this. People are always told not to do this, mm-hmm. but we want, we're telling you, find a book that has a great a cover that is appealing to you. You don't have to know know anything about it, but that's what is attracting you to it. Um, and these last two are things that we've done episodes on recently. Um, it's figure out your your reading appeal factors, which we did a whole episode on, and read a holiday book during that holiday, which we literally just did an episode on, but we thought it would be really fun to do. And it means we have to really plan ahead for this. Yeah, I gotta I gotta look for those Arbor Day books. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna try to get an Oktoberfest book during the end of September, start of October. So. Exciting. Okay, I'm excited to see how you do. It's gonna be fun. I think it's a great, I think it's a fun challenge this year. I think it's really fun. It's a little bit more homeworky in some ways than mm-hmm. the last I couple I mean, years. last year, we were the track, every country. Okay, there, you're right. You know what? That was harder There's than always we, one That was harder than we thought one. it was gonna be. Um, but yeah, I think it's fun. And I think there's a lot of stuff that people probably already are doing. They're probably already maybe reading a cozy or a debut book um, or a buzzy book. But something, some people, that's going to put them out of their comfort zone, which Listen, would be great. All these people reading the fourth wing out there know what, what reading a buzzy book is like. That's so, so true. Um, so, folks, you have until midnight on December 31st. Actually, that's not true. Because <laughs> you have until January 1st. Uh, to send in your completed 2023 challenges. Please send them. Uh, if you are reading up to the minute, midnight, New Year's Eve, December 31st, try to at least wake up the next day and send it because it takes us, a, it's a lot of work to take all the completed challenges and put them together and put them all, write them all down on a piece of paper, or put them in a, a, a hat or a box and pick up. It's just a lot of work for us. So if you could... Um, not send them, you know, mid-January. <laughs> that would be great. If you can get them in as soon as possible, what you do is you put the challenge in an email, write every book that you did to complete the challenge and a little short one-line sentence about how you completed each activity and we will write your name down and pick and pick out a, a, a handful of glassers to send a box of books to. We do it every year. We have a lot of fun with it, but please, again, don't send it in February. Send it as soon as you can. Um, and remember, folks, we... Next week is uh, Christmas. We are taking the week off. We will be reading our little hearts content. We're really thrilled and appreciative that we're um, able to to take some time off. We appreciate your your patience and you being kind about Bree and I taking taking a week off from the show. We'll see you in 2024 and hope you had a wonderful year of reading. Thank you for another wonderful year of, of reading glasses. And we want to just do a special shout out to all of our members. We had our holiday Zoom party, which was so much fun. Um, the glassers who are Maximum Fun members and help us make the show every week, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate you. You know, a lot of a lot of work goes into the show and we're able to put so much work into it because of being able to, of being supported by you and we try to give back as much as we can you get all kinds of bonus episodes and bonus activities and we still have some from this year's fun drive that are gonna kick off um in 2024, we still got to do the Glasser Book Club, which mm-hmm. is going to be really fun. We're going to do a readathon, a lot of fun stuff that's going to happen before next year's drive. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Hope you have a wonderful new year. And uh, here's to a lovely year of reading with all of you. Thank you. Extra thanks to our wonderful mods who run our Facebook group. We really appreciate you over there. And, and to Britt, who's joined the Reading Glasses yes. fam this year. And somehow deals with all of the weird stuff that we <laughs> do. My loud laughing 
using the word book when I should not use it. It's not the easiest <laughs> thing in the world to, to edit this podcast. Britt, we so appreciate you joining the team and you've been fantastic. And you know what, folks? If you like the show, you want to do something free for us that really means a lot, will make a difference, uh, and will be a little holiday gift for me and Bria. Please open up the podcast listening app on your that you use on your mobile device. Give us a five-star rating. Write us a nice little review. It really is great for us. It means a lot to us, but also has a measurable effect on how we're growing the show. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.